comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by Pierce. Hey guys. And uh, maybe we should call this episode Jersey Four. Since, uh, uh, that's really bad. <laughs> yeah, it's but so it's Jersey Shore. So yeah, are. exactly. I never claim to be good with puns. Just that I <laughs> use them occasionally. Anyway. We're going to be talking the first 12 issues of Marvel's current Thor run, Thor God of Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first 12 issues, full spoiler detail, and we're going to, we're recording this episode, uh, we should say, in October. Early, early October, October, yeah. But we're going to hold it probably till the week before Th- Thor 2 comes out, so it'll be a yeah. nice companion piece before that. Like I said, full spoilers for the first 12 issues of Thor God of Thunder, the current Thor series, um, written by Jason Aaron, and art primarily by Isad Ribic, I believe. If I'm wrong about those, you'll hear me jump in now with an edit. And if you didn't hear me jump in there, that means I remembered it correctly. But, uh, <laughs> okay. Now, you were reading it as it came out, right? Yeah, I, I was following it from the beginning. Actually, no, I picked it up issue three because there is a panel that sold me on the comic and just the scale of it. And, okay. And so, the, yeah, I've been reading all the way through since issue three. So. I didn't read any. I, I looked at issue one a little bit because we had talked about it for the LOD and when Marvel now launched. I, I just glanced at it. I thought the art was beautiful. Yeah. Don't, I don't generally don't care about Thor. It's the whole magic and, and wizards and middle-earth type thing. <laughs> just whatever. I don't care. And that's how I really like the Thor movie. Yeah. I like Thor and Avengers quite a bit. And I just heard over and over great, great things about this mm-hmm. book. Oh, the art's from beautiful. Me. Well, for, for you and many yeah. other people. The art's beautiful. The story's really good. The villain's really cool. And you should check it out. You should check it out. Okay, okay, okay. So finally, after issue 12 was out, I checked it out, read it in one or two sittings. I think I read like half before I had to just, I had yeah. to pass out. I was so tired. And then I read the, the second half the next day. But just excellent. And so oh, we're yeah. going to spoil it in full. What we can remember, we don't have the issues of sitting in front of us, which normally we like to, but in this case it's more about the, the tone and the feel of it. Mm-hmm. And there's not a ton of plot points, really, that we have to hit in a specific order because the story is told a little bit out of order. Yeah. Which is fun. And hopefully this will get you in the mood for Thor 2, which, granted, it's still a month away from where we are, yep. but looks really kind of awesome. Yeah, as long as Natalie Portman's not a driving force in the movie, I think it'll be great. I have no problem with her being a driving force in the movie. <laughs> just personally, I don't. I yeah, thought she no, was fine I, in the first one. I, I, I just thought the love interest was a little too played up. And See, but, for me, that's a, I think I've said this before on the show, yeah. but it's integral to his story arc and, and finding a foothold in humanity. He needs that, so... Whatever. Yeah, whatever, yeah. So She's not a driving force, though, in Thor, God of Thunder, issues 1 through 12. Exactly. Until she's in issue 12, but not really a driving force in it. She's yeah. a, a player. But. And, and that's actually what I liked about this. We can pretty much start off right off the bat. This is not a Earth storyline. This is not... There's, there's very little Earth whatsoever. I yeah. mean, there's some. I, I but think it's, it's Iron Man 90, shows it's up. It's the year, yeah. like, 800-something. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the, the Thor we know today does show up, and Iron Man's in it for part of an issue. Yeah, just briefly. But it is it is all Marvel Cosmic stuff, really. The, and that's what I think worked about it for me. Yes, it is Vikings and stuff type thing, but most of it feels more cosmic. It feels exactly. more like classic Thor and the movie Thor, where it's, 
quote-unquote magic, but it's really just science you don't understand. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's much more galactic feel to it. Yeah. With with a, we're so advanced, we can make it look like whatever we want, so if we want a sailboat that travels faster than light, we can do that. Yeah, and space sharks. Yeah, it's space, be space sharks. Space sharks. I'm like, okay, sure, why not and space sharks? no apologies made about it, it's just, hey, space sharks. Sharks in space, they're here, we're fighting them, deal with it. And it was better done than when the Doctor Who Christmas special did it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you there. Because I, all oh, that bothered me so much. But anyway, point being, yeah, so it was all all Marvel Cosmic, which I really liked about it. The only part that bothered me was, I think, the ending when uh, they were kind of like, oh, and they went away and didn't remember it from then on. I'm all like, really? Like, really? Like, that's that's how you end it? They didn't remember it? There wasn't a point to that? Oh, what are you going to do? Yeah, but anyway, so, yeah, so there's this guy, and his name is Gore, and he doesn't like gods. He of just, any pantheon. No. Or any species. Like, does it's not like he's just against Norse gods or just against Earth gods. It's any being in the universe that is referred to as a god. He is not a fan. Yeah. Not and that he's an atheist or something like that, or even agnostic. <laughs> I don't believe in you. He yeah. believes they exist, and he hates them. Well, and to be fair, a large number of them are dicks. Like, oh, ab- absolutely. That, that that's his whole thing. It's kind of an occupy heaven. Yeah, kind of. a little bit. He, except he is the point zero 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 one percent. Yeah, I guess in this case, he just really hates the guys. And, and what's interesting though is he kind of, he's justified, really. Oh yeah, it's not like he's this horrible villain. And and I think this is another reason why I liked it so much is you know my favorite villains tend to have another side to them. So Magneto has a has a purpose and a drive behind it. Venom, I mean, now he's kind of a hero, but he's kind of dealing with his internal struggle. Of, a good villain should be the hero of his own story. Exactly. I completely agree. Opinion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this guy honestly believes he's doing the right thing and, you know, gets to a point where Thor's like, yeah, you're kind of right, but... If the book was told from his perspective the entire way through and not just for part of it, which it is, he would be the Moses freeing his people from Egypt. Exactly. Only yeah. his people is every species ever, and he's freeing them from their god overlords who yeah. constantly, to use your phrase, beat them over. Just yeah. constantly. Which also I, th- I should say is interesting because the Thor story, by Thor story, I mean Thor just in general, does deal with the gods and Odin and all that stuff. But outside of, say, Odin, you don't really hear about the gods at all in Marvel Cosmic stuff. Like, even even in current arcs now with Infinity and all that, like... They're really... They're not there. They're not showing up. Like, Well, it, it's... Sometimes they do, but it's it's more because while, yes, they are cosmic, they're also extra-dimensional. So they're in a different... Okay, that's plane fair, of reality. It's in the same ballpark, but it's like... It's like being in the same ballpark, but where they take that ballpark and they change the... I want to say reupholster, but it's like that, that ballpark where you can play soccer or hockey, but okay. they have to change out the accoutrement. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Same ballpark, different sport. Okay, all right, that's that's fair. Um, At least in the Marvel universe, in the Marvel, they universe. are from space, but they're also from a different dimension in space. Okay, yes. all right, that's fair. That's a fair way of looking at it. We start with Thor in like the year four hundred thirty-eight or something. I think it is Viking thirty-eight. Whenever Vikings, so were. probably eight thirty-eight. Yeah, I, there is one issue where there's a misprint and it says the wrong year. And I was very confused and had to look, Google it as I was reading. It. I had to be like, "What's going on?" Because this is either. Com- way out of order, or it's a misprint. Turns out, definitely wasn't was a misprint. misprint. I saw a tweet from, I believe the writer's Jason Aaron, um, saw a tweet from him explicitly saying, yeah, that was my bad. 
or an editorial bad. Anyway, it, it was several people's bads because there were several people yeah. who should have been in there. Like, catch wait, it. that's not like that other thing. Yeah. But so you see him in the Viking days finding some dead gods and mm-hmm. Native American gods, actually, which I thought was very interesting. Cool yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Uh, they wash up on the Viking shores, and he's like, oh, "Their is, heads wash is, up." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, "This is bad." And then you see modern day Thor, where he goes to this planet. So I guess it's still Midgard, probably. Yeah. Meaning Earth, and basically all of Marvel Cosmic still fits in Midgard. You know what I mean? It's all still part of our realm. I didn't think that's the way it worked. Oh because, yeah. Because what's her name? I don't. Which I still understand because she's not Odin, but she is kind of over Midgard because they call Earth. Freya? Whoever was on the Galactic Council in Guardians, just this most recent arc, that's all like, well, Midgard is technically under your command, so... I believe that was Freya. That's his mom, because Odin's dead right now. Odin's dead? When did that happen? A couple of years ago. During um, Fear Itself, I think. He didn't die. What? No? I think he died, like, right after that. Oh, after that. Okay, because I stopped reading after. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't really read Thor, but Odin's dead, or he died right at the end, something like that. Or oh. was dying, or is in the Odin sleep. But right now, his three wives are ruling Asgard. It's oh. now Asgardia, actually. That's why it's got a different name. Oh, I didn't it's Asgardia, that. not Asgard, because it's being when it's under control of a queen instead of it's a king, Asgardia. or uh, you know, female god instead of a male god. It changes names. Um, Interesting. Apparently, I, I don't okay. know about Norse mythology, quite frankly. So he finds he's got. He starts. He goes on a hunt to find out who it is. Then you go to modern day where he goes to. A planet that has no gods. And he's like, well, that's weird. All planets have gods. Yeah. And, no, we, we used to. And they, they died. And now we're or they don't dying. exist anymore. Yeah. So he goes in search of this planet's gods and finds that they've all been brutally murdered. Like, yeah. executed now, systematically. Now, these, this was a planet full of horrible gods. Like, they were the gods of slaughter. They were the gods of war and conquest. Like, none of them were happy gods. None of them were, like, good yeah, reigns. That they like, right. Yeah, they were all, like, murdery gods. But so he, he yeah. goes to whatever realm they live in, they're all dead. Yeah. And he's like, I've seen this before. And then finally we jump to many millennia from now. There's no firm time yeah. escape given on it, but... it's it's Isn't it called just, like, the end of time or something like that? But it, but it does say millennia from yeah. now, many mm-hmm. millennia from now, uh, over a thousand years from now. It says, like, multiple things at different points. Where we meet up with old King Thor, yeah. who's missing an arm, and it's now replaced with a destroyer arm. Yeah. The destroyer robot, if you saw the first Thor movie, that's what I'm talking about, in case you've never read it in the comics. It looks cool. And he's missing an eye. He looks like Odin. Yeah. I, think at f- I think at first you're led to believe it's Odin until yeah. like later on. And even and even yeah, younger him, and we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Odin, it, yeah. Everybody assumes it's Odin. Yeah. <laughs> Reader-wise, and a couple people in the store, they assume it's Odin, because he's just old, white beard, looks awesome, super metal. Um, which I'm a fan of, <laughs> just looks very metal. And but he's just he's the last living god. He's in Asgard. There's nothing. He left believes he's the last living. He god, believes yeah. he's the last living god, and he's just it's him, his hammer which he can barely lift, mm-hmm. and there's some creatures keeping him trapped there, basically shadowy dog beast. Yeah, things, type yeah. So that's like issue one and two, maybe. And then we we learn gradually over the story that. These gods have been murdered by a being known as Gore, the God Butcher that Thor has faced in the past, believed he had killed him, 
then in present day shows up again and he's trying to track him down and then in the future that's who has him trapped in Asgard has yeah. killed as far as he knows all the other Norse gods and every other god throughout mm-hmm. everywhere and Thor is just basically being kept for last and being tortured by not even by Gore not even letting him die he's torturing yeah. him by keeping him alive basically which Thor's not a fan of not quite. So then we get eventually into the story of Gore. So you were yeah. starting to say that. Before. I think issue six is is specifically Gore's story. That sounds right because God Bomb is five parts. So that would make sense. Yeah. Five, five or six is, is the story of Gore's uh, origin. Well, yeah, and when you first see Gore, he kind of looks like a really ugly Twi'lek. I guess would might be a a, a Twi'lek from Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, because the two tentacles... Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, really ugly face. I wasn't sure if you were saying something else, because yeah, you said yeah. it weird. <laughs> but, That's yeah. how I've always heard it. But yeah, anyway, so... It's definitely twilight. Whatever. <laughs> um, it's fictional races. But anyway, point being, he has this almost venom-esque weapon in that it... it very different. Symbiotic. Yeah, exactly. It takes different kind of shapes. Exactly. And so, you know, issue six, you just kind of learn his origin, where his people were on a dying planet... Desert planet hasn't rained for forever. They're eating basically grubs and whatever they can find. Yeah, his wife dies, his children die, everyone else. Well, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it starts off with you know this nomadic group, and they're like, "Oh, we must pray to the gods." And Gore's like, "Well, things kind of suck, and it's always sucked, and we've always prayed." We even see like his mother dying after his father died, and And, and so he's all like well, why don't we just not pray? Because it's always sucked when we have. Let's do that thing where we don't. And they're all, like, heretic, and, like, they try to stone him, and they kick him out, and, you know, he finds a wife and kids, and they all die, and it's just a lot of death until... And he's actually on death's door, I believe, until, um... A god... Two gods. Two gods, yeah. You know, one quote-unquote good, one quote-unquote evil fall out of the sky fighting. Yeah. And he's like, uh, excuse me... Since apparently you're real, because at first he was, you yeah. know, atheist. Atheist, in that, yeah, they just don't exist. And it was like, since you're apparently real, you mind helping, but they've both killed each other. They basically... No, no, actually. Did they both stab each other? Uh, they were both stabbed, but there was the one in the black armor and then the one in the, in the gold armor. The gold armor was actually alive, and he was just pleading, help me, help me, help me. And Gore's like, uh... No, I'm, no, I'm not going to do that thing. It and changes things that you're real, but it doesn't change that I don't like you. Exactly, and then bashes the guy's face into the rock. And then it just so happens that the dude in black armor dissolves into this weapon thing that just kind of envelops him, and then he goes from there. Yeah, so he takes the weapon of this one god and decides, well, since they're real, I'm going to go kill them all. Because yeah. <laughs> now I have this artifact of power, if you will, MacGuffin-type device, and I'm going to use it to go murder all y'alls. All of them. And and that's actually the panel that kind of really drew me in was in issue three, the panel with the giant god, like Which a was, dinosaur looking thing. Yeah, I forget what it was called. Yeah, but, where, yeah, he was called like the, the destroyer of stars or whatever, and like, you know, Thor it, Thor's just looking over this giant you know, massive, you know, miles long corpse, and he's just talking about, you know, how he watched this giant creature of destruction win the god tournament wrestling match years and years and years. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes they would cross ways on the star paths and wave at each other. And, you know, it was this just 
odd, like, vast cosmic moment, and it was that's what really drew me into the whole series. But yeah, so Thor starts going through, and, oh, oh this guy's dead, and this guy's dead, and this guy's dead. Once he finds out that gods are, are missing, he, like, goes to yeah. the library. Yeah, exactly. Which Thor is, does something he you never thought he would ever do. Thor goes to the library. Thor goes to the library. And it's a pan-dimensional... God uh, library, yeah, yeah, pan pantheon, yeah, God. Well, library. yeah, it's, so it's it's at the the center of all things. Where I, guess I think the, what's that place called? I forget, I forget, but it's the God hangout spot. I guess yeah, for, for gods of all different yeah. pantheons, all different races and species, and gods from different planets and all yeah. those things, or gods for different planets. And he goes to the archives to try to figure out. Do you have like do you have a section for gods that are missing? Basically, yeah. and like yeah. You know, they just go missing and we add them here. Nobody really cares. And he's like, well, that's strange. So he starts tracking them down. Thor reads a book. And starts finding place after place where gods are missing. And sure enough, like every missing god, he goes to find them. Turns out they've been slaughtered. Yeah, brutally murdered. Now, he had thought that in the year 438, if I'm remembering that right, or th- Viking I, I think it's 898, yeah. but he thought he had killed them yeah. in this cave. And since he apparently didn't kill him, he goes back to that cave and finds this guy hiding out who's been blinded. Yeah. Or no, his eyelids were removed, but he's kind of gone crazy. Oh, that's right, because he was forced to watch the whole thing. Yeah, he, yeah, he was kept alive by Gorbin, who was forced to watch like all of the other gods from his pantheon killed. And he keeps giving, like, he's crazy, but he keeps giving, like, I'm the, I was the god of rainbows. and I was Fairies and unicorns and happiness. Yeah, like, every time he's asked, he gives a different one, but it's always something cheery. So that's kind of in the background. And Thor then goes back to the library, brings him with him, and he's like, where did, where did Gore go? He f- and he finds out, and he goes, and it turns out it's like the gods of time. Yeah. Like Eternia, but it wasn't called Eternia, because yeah, that would be Masters of the Universe, but whatever. Kronos, I think it was called. Or yeah, something, Crow something, yeah. Your, your general Latin roots, or Greek roots, or whatever. So he goes to, he goes to there and finds out that Gore has decided to time travel, and use that to kill all the gods from the beginning of time. Well, yeah, he goes back to the beginning of all things, finds an elder god, and rips his heart out. Yeah, and then goes to the future, Yep. and has that, he has a bunch of gods, he has the, the blood of all the gods of Kronos, or Krona, or whatever, or whatever it is it, yeah. And he's had a third thing, didn't he? Didn't he have a third? Was it just the information that he had? Well, he had, like, their crystals, their crystals of power, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, their blood, and then the heart of an elder god. And he had some information that he'd gotten from somewhere that we won't get to yet. With those, he goes to the future, he just killing gods throughout time. Enslaving them as well. And th- then in the future, he's enslaving them. So it turns out Old King Thor, not the only god left alive. There's actually yeah. a ton of gods still alive from various pantheons. But they're all enslaved, helping Gore build this giant Death Star-looking device. Yeah. And do we know what it's called? In the oh, movie? yeah. He just, yeah, he calls it the God Bomb. Okay, so it's it's the God Bomb. And we don't really find out in the beginning, us. Yeah, well, actually, yeah, origin. you find that out, I think, about issue six or seven when... But um, we don't know the origin in the beginning. Yeah, you don't know the origin of it. But you just know he's going through doing all these different things, and then that's when Mr. God of Unicorns and Rainbows and Fairies comes in, and Thor's about to beat his face in, like, what are you the god of? Because he's been muttering about how there's no, you can't do anything, there's nothing you can change, there's nothing you can change. And Thor's like, what are you the god of? Because I'm the god of bombs, and I built one for him. That's when it pans to the future, and you see the whole giant bomb that's, yeah, pretty much the size of a moon on the planet. And, yeah, that's when it gets into that whole story arc. So, current Thor, modern Marvel now, Marvel, yeah. like heroic age Thor, follows Gore to that Kronos planet with the time travel, jumps in after him, and ends up in the future. 
Mm-hmm. He ends up where old King Thor is. That's where he's confusing yeah. him for Odin and like, wait a second, I want to let you... But hundreds of years after Gore got there. Oh, yeah, so this yeah. is... So it was like a, a slip in time when he didn't get there at the right time he meant to, yeah. Right. So Gore's already been there for a while working on this thing. Yeah. And so now you've got current Thor and future Thor teaming up like, why don't we bring the hammers and go wreck yeah. shop and just destroy Gore once and for all. Then Gore goes back in time, right, and takes old-time Thor. And brings him to the future. Yeah. Brings him to the future, basically, like, I'm going to stop you before all this happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I actually, I have a debt of gratitude for you because you ripped off my arm. You thought you killed me, but you made me stronger than ever because now the weapon is fused with me. Yeah, I was about to say, and what I really love is the develop of development of Gore and the weapon throughout the whole thing. It starts off, it's almost just like a cloak to him, and at the end, it is like a full suit of, like, dreadnought armor that he's wearing. Like, it was a really cool development in that. And he's like, so... I'm going to bring you to the future where you're going to see me detonate this device. You're going to actually work on building it, yeah. you know, kind of punishment-wise. And this god bomb, we, we, we danced around it, but basically what it is is it's a bomb powered by the heart of an elder god and the blood from these time-traveling gods and their crystals or whatever designed by the god whose name I forget who was the god of bombs. Yeah. And basically it is a bomb that will just, using time travel, kill all gods instantly. Basically yeah. wipe them out from all points in time. Yeah. So... Current Thor, future Thor, riding their flying Viking ship. Yep. It's a spaceship, but it's also a Viking ship, through space at crazy speeds to find Gore on the planet he's on where he's enslaved all the gods, fighting space sharks along the way. Like, literally, there are sharks in space that they're... And aren't they glowy and and They're kind of glowy. Old Thor and current Thor with their Mjolnirs just wrecking shop. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, that was definitely a fan service moment. And it should be noted, old Thor, or not old Thor, um, Young Thor from the year 800 or whatever. Yeah. No, no Mjolnir. He hasn't, he's unworthy. Yeah. So yeah. he's just got an axe. Yeah. Which has a name. I forget what it's called. He, he's killed a lot of frost giants with it. I think that's his, that's yeah. his claim to fame. And it does have a name. But only the two hammers. So eventually... And, and can I say my favorite part where three of the gods that are still alive on the planet as slaves are <laughs> Thor's granddaughters. Who... Before you find that out, are like, ooh, this new god's kind of cute, and I like yeah. him, and they're kind of getting And the whole time, uh, young Thor refuses to give his identity, because he's almost, like, broken and ashamed of what has happened. And so, yeah, they're all like, oh, who's that? Who's, who's that piece of meat? <laughs> and you eventually find out they're his granddaughters. They eventually find that out, like, ooh, that's gross. Oh, t- wait, I was thinking about my grandfather? Oh, They're kind of cool, though. I liked all three of them. Well, apparently, they, they've been around. Have they? Yeah, I, lo- I actually had to look that up, because I'm like, this, they seem like they're established characters, and yeah. Yeah, apparently they are like have been back in our time or whatever. Oh, okay, so yeah, they. I don't I don't know about enough about Thor. Yeah, I was about to say apparently they like take up the mantle between the three of them of the God of Thunder. So right, they're kind of the yeah. three aspects of them. So Thor, young Thor, starts working with the gods to like we're just going to overthrow them before because the bomb's like almost finished. Yeah. Why don't we just rebel and fight Well, back. he doesn't even do that, because he's like, oh, I think we had, you know, they're all like, we should pull together, but we need someone to, to take this bomb that we sort of made to the to bomb. To blow up the bomb, blow up, the bomb yeah. can blow up officially. Yeah. And if we can do that, that should... And so they're all and they're all trying to figure out how to do it, and then the next thing you see is their little bomb disappeared, and so is Thor. Because he's running it in. Exactly. Like, kind of a Hail Mary pass type deal. Yeah. And that's when he gets thrown into space by Gore, and pretty much killed. <laughs> yeah. And, and lands on old Thor's boat, right? Doesn't well, no, I think first he ends up in space fighting more space sharks. And that's when they find him out in space after, yeah. So now you have more sharks. old Thor, current Thor, and young Thor. 
Um, Young Thor now has a hammer, but it's not Mjolnir, it's a different It's just yeah, a giant hammer, yeah. And you have that awesome splash page from the book where it's like the three of them standing on the bow of the ship with their hammers, like, it's uh, it's time to bring the hammer down on this guy. Yeah. I forget what, the, there's, a, there's a quote in there that's really cool. I forget, it, but it was, yeah, it was something about, yeah, that there being three hammers and... The quote is current Thor saying, Nay, the time for words have passed. Now, we let the hammers talk. Yeah, and it was. If I'll, I'll have to look at the quote. And exactly. I'll, I'll edit it in. There was a else. lot of really cool quotes, and I would and page spreads. I'd say. Yeah. So. Oh, definitely. Like there was the a, art by Isad Ribic, gorgeous painting. Yeah. And it's. I think there's one issue which that's, is that's a good backstory, point, yeah. which is not him, but otherwise, and it, it, the art's still good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Isad Ribic. It really does gorgeous. look like portraits, especially the covers. Yeah. And Isad Ribic going to Avengers soon. Really? Starting with, I think, issue 24, Hickman's Avengers, he will be doing some Avengers. Nice, stuff, nice. Which is going to be amazing. I, I really like that they had, uh, what's his name, uh, Mendez Jr., right? Or who, who does the art for uh, for Kick-Ass? Oh, Mendez. It's not Jr. Mendez. John Romita Jr. Romita, whatever. Okay. You know I know the names. But, you know. Mendez Jr., that's a random point. I don't, it's, it's similar to his name. Point being. He says um, Point being, like, I really liked his, I I like his style of art, and so I liked him being on Avengers, but I love Thor's art, so I'm really excited to see how that would... And Ramita hasn't been on Avengers since Bendis was writing it, I mean... No, he was. He just did an Infinity episode, or issue. <laughs> no, he didn't. I know for a fact he did, because I went back and checked. He did Infinity 1 or 2. Nope. Definitely didn't. Oh, I'm challenging you on this one, he did. Yeah, look it up. I'm challenging you on this right now. Dustin Weaver... There's three artists on it, but none of them is John Romita Jr. Lionel Yu's doing Avengers. But Lionel Yu's been doing Avengers. The, the reason I know it is because um, I didn't pick up it was him until halfway through the issue when I saw some people on a hanger, and it was his face. It was one of his faces, you know, with the nose and kind of how he does more of a block nose to it. And I was like, wait, is that him? And then I went back to the front, and it was his name. I think that's Dustin Weaver you're thinking of. Alright, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. But anyway, going back to... The, I will edit in the name of the artist, and I can guarantee... Of all the artists from Avengers, New Avengers, and Infinity, and I can guarantee you it's not him. The artists for Avengers, the prelude to Infinity issues, were Stefano Caselli, Marco Rudy, and Marco Cicchetto. And for the Avengers Infinity issues proper, it was Lionel Francis Yu. The artist for New Avengers for both the prelude to Infinity issue and the Infinity issues has been Mike Diodato. And the artists on the actual Infinity miniseries have been Jim Chung, Jerome Pena, and Dustin Weaver. Which means, you guessed it, no John Romita Jr. on Infinity, Avengers, or New Avengers. Trying to tell me he knows who did Marvel art better than I did. Pfft, you gotta be kidding me. Okay, uh, so back to back to Thor. Beautiful art and Thor's, and they're all like, oh, time to bring some pain to Gore. And so the three descend on the planet, and a really... I would say almost moving battle and just kind of how it oh, played out. Awesome. With beautiful quotes during it. I um, love the portion where current Thor gets old Mjolnir and current Mjolnir. And in a, the way it's written, is it's, or the way it's drawn, is drawn to like an Omega symbol, the way his arms are cut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he brings the hammer, the Mjolnirs together and hits one against the other to create like a huge shockwave. Yeah. Well, this is, this is as the bomb's going off. Right. Yeah, and they're in the bomb. I, I will say my favorite piece of art in the entire thing 
has got to be the cover of, I think it's 10, the second to last issue of it, where it's old Thor uh, having gore and kind of like his fists and like bring the hammer down with lightning striking everywhere. And it's like all hail the king baby. And I was all like, ah, that's my favorite cover of all time. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, you know, so the bomb starts going off and the bomb is the weapon itself pretty much murdering gods from the inside out all over time. And because it's a time bomb, you know, time inside the bomb is kind of all wibbly-wobbly. So climbing, Thor is, the mo- is the, right at the center of the episode. It's at the center with, with old Thor kind of holding him down, holding Gord down, I should say. And yeah, Thor, uh, current Thor takes both hammers, brings the uh, hammers down, kind of grabbing the, the weapon and more or less channeling it, I guess. Channeling the weapon from all throughout time that's killing every god everywhere and just channeling it into himself. Right. In this really powerful moment. And then the weapon's all like, oh, I want to serve you now. And we're talking about the, the black weapon that yeah. Gore had taken from that dead exactly. god way back in the beginning. So that gets now fused to Thor. Exactly. Oh, we should go back because Gore on this planet has a wife and kid. Yeah, it's kind of a weird subplot. It worked for me in the end, but during it I was kind of like, really? Can we get away from this? I liked it because I'm like, oh, he has, he has control of time. So what does he do? He goes back and rescues the people that mattered most to him. And to me, that was like a, a moment of... Oh, were they supposed to be his original yeah. life? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't caught on that. That yeah. makes it more interesting to me. It, yeah, and so that's why it really drew me in. I because like, like a specific caption box or something. Well, I mean, I, it wasn't a specific... It's not like he said, I went and got them. Like, it was... I just assumed that it was his wife and kid. Oh, okay. So it's, it is open to interpretation. I guess it would be. But yeah, so... You know, well, I like your interpretation. Yeah, that's exactly. Uh, and so that's why, like, in this, you know, this being that is just so dead set on death and destruction, with a cause of giving... Uh, and it keeps saying mankind. They, you know, mankind being a blanket statement for any being that's not a god. Giving mankind a chance. And it kind of showed his heart in that, that he would use this power for good of those he cared about to go back in time and rescue them from dying in the first place. And, and so and he, we've already said, hates gods and yeah. he hates anything that's ever referred to as a god. So when people start referring to him as a god, yeah. because of what he's done, he well his wife finally says you're the only god we need now. I think it's Yeah, you're point. my god and he kills her. But what yeah, what's interesting is you see just this hand sticking out from the dirt surrounded in the of blackness that, you know, his weapon makes. And his son sees this. And his son has been kind of antagonizing Thor and various characters yeah. for a few issues. You know, my daddy's gonna kill you type deal. And yeah. when he realizes what his dad has done, he then goes and helps Thor. You save Thor. Yeah. yeah. And kind of has the weapon in and of himself. Kind of reaches out with the black goo and just kind of grabs him and rescues him. Which turns out very interestingly the end when Gore is beaten and in the dirt and just a wailing old man in the dirt, basically, his son walks up to him and goes, yeah, I, I, you changed and you're not who you were, and, you know, and that's pretty much it. And then his son dissolves into the pile of goo that he was. He, neither of them were ever alive. And see, yeah, that's where I think it was. It wasn't that he had actually rescued his wife and son. Oh, he had made apparitions well, of that, that, see, the weapon. When I first saw them, my assumption was that he went back in time and I rescued them. I, I was a little confused, um, and I'd forgotten about the whole dissolving thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, for me, it was even more moving then, especially because when Old Thor was saying, you know, yeah, that son never existed, because they were talking about how Gore the man is the one that realized Gore had become a god and wanted to change that. 
And so the son was the representation of Gore the man, and would hated what he had become and would do anything to overthrow that. And why that was so moving in trying to recreate his son, that's what he instilled. So I just thought that was very moving and very powerful. And there's a whole subplot we haven't really talked about here, which is in this whole battle, and with even before the battle, with current Thor and Gore's interplay, because they yeah back and forth a few times. Gore is slowly but surely bringing Thor to his side in yeah. terms of this argument of, hey, just FYI, you gods are kind of awful. Yeah. And you're just boozing it up and, and philandering it up. And Murdering each other, fighting. and Meanwhile, you could be helping us. Yeah. And by the end, Thor's kind of like, look, don't get me wrong, you're right. You're also a monster and I have to kill you. But I will take all of what you said under advisement, and once this is over and you were dead, don't get me wrong, once you were dead, I'm going to take what you told me and I'm going to try to change Midgard for the better and yeah. the other realms as well. And and see, and that was, I really love that, as he's trying to take the weapon in upon himself, it's this mental dialogue of, should he even be doing this in the first place? Maybe it's time humanity had a chance, and you know, to let mankind do their thing. And so it was very moving. And, you know, when when I mentioned in the beginning the whole when they went their separate ways and forgot all about it, that really... The three versions of Thor. Yeah. Once they're returned back to the proper place in the time stream, time kind of corrects itself and they... And that really bothered me because this was such a... I don't want to say life lesson kind of thing, but there was so much morality to it that's just kind of like, oh, yeah, but you forgot. But did Thor forget the morality, or did he just forget the specific events? And that that's kind of alluded to what he does at the end by going to the world where the, all the gods were murdered and kind of being their god of rain and thunder kind of thing. Right, and helping and, them out. And so yeah, I guess you could say that because, I mean, there's also a moment when old Thor looks at young Thor and it's all like, you know, you never get what you're looking for. And he goes, what are you talking about? You have the hammer and he has the hammer. I get the hammer. And he goes, no, you'll never be the son he wants you to be. And Thor's like, screw you guys, I'm going home, and just walks off. And he's like, your beer sucks, by the way, and just leaves. <laughs> and, yeah, Thor and old Thor kind of have, like, an, another touching moment, but then they won't go their separate ways, too. So, yeah, I just, I mean, I get what you're saying in that the morality wasn't forgotten in the end. It was just the actual events. But this is one of those things where I thought this was very powerful. The only other thing that bothered me was how Gore actually died. Because, I mean, he was this sad being just wailing in the dirt. And young Thor's like, all right, I'm done with this. Chops off his head and then walks off. And I'm like, really? Like, that's it? Like, I was kind of hoping for a little bit more. The battle went on for, like, three issues. So yeah, the but, specific end of it didn't bother But me. part of me almost didn't want Gore to die in one of those he-had-to-live-out-the-rest-of-his-life kind of punishments as opposed to just getting his head chopped off in the dirt. But the thing is, his life had been artificially extended by the god's weapon. Yeah. And so he would have just probably died. Died out anyway. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. Probably but dissolved. still. And we should explain the weapon, too. Yeah, it was just a god's weapon, basically. Well, I mean, because Thor... Oh, yeah, yeah, and it was kind of sentient in a way. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, exactly, and hatred and murder. It was called the Anaya Blade. Yeah, Yeah, killer of gods and and destroyer of worlds. And there's just this full-page spread of Thor covered in the armor with both hammers, like, lit up blue with electricity, you know, just explaining the purpose of this weapon and saying, you're right, this was meant to kill gods. But it was meant to be wielded by, wielded by a god as well. And it's chosen me over the, over your sad, pathetic existence. Right. And I'm like, ooh, Dark Thor, I kind of like this. But, you know, Thor tries to purge himself with a weapon. But, nope, he doesn't, he dies. 
It's like, and that was the ninth time Thor died, as far as anyone could remember. <laughs> and, and then old Thor brings him back with the Thor Force, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They still called the Odin Force, but yeah, yeah pretty much. No, it's, it's called the Thors as well. The Thors? Yeah. Really? The Thors? Thors? No. Okay. Well, the, the, the Thor Force, but the, the Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. But yeah, it's only called the Odin Force because... Odin has it. It's like yeah. the Odin Sleep. It'd be called the Thor Sleep when Thor's... The Thor Sleep. Uh, the main god in town. Yeah. I really liked this book. I mean, I'm, not, I'm still not picking Thor up, but I might pick it up in trades now. Yeah. Um, really good story. And you were kind of talking before we started recording, this is a 12-issue story arc. Yeah. And you want to kind of talk about story arcs and the length of them and how that yeah. impacts your reading and what you like and what you don't like about longer or shorter story arcs. So why don't you start us off with that, and then I'll chime in once I, I have a full understanding of what you're trying to say. Yeah, so I would like to pick up this trade when it comes out. I don't know if it is or... or like, a, like an omnibus edition of all 12 issues you're Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. or, or if, uh, you know, most trades are what? There's like six issues, so probably... Four to six. Yeah, yeah so, you know, hopefully they'd do one book, they'd probably do two. Yeah, I think there's already... The, the two individuals are already out, yeah. but not a full, like... Yeah, and, and so I would love to pick that up because I like when things tell a story and then just kind of end that. And there isn't filler, there isn't fluff, like... Uh, we I, even a reference. You like self-contained stories, exactly. Like you know, like we were talking about this with Breaking Bad, where you know the writers were just like, "It's time to end the show," and I love when they do that instead of just trying to drag it out. Or, you know, an extra season, another season. Like you tell a story and then you kind of end it, and there isn't filler. I wish comics would do that more, but I mean, so many comics are twice a month, or you know, trying to do once a month that you get so many one and two issue story arcs, like, oh, this villain's back again. Uh, I know well, that's Spider-Man... The na- that's the nature of an ongoing, you know, medium. They, those stories never can end. Legally, if they end, they you know they won't lose the copyrights, but the, they lose the trademarks. If but they, I'm not if they saying... If they're using them, they lose them. I'm not saying end it, but I'm just saying wait till you have things that are flushed out more. And, and granted, Spider-Man's been around 50 years, so, I mean, that's what? How many issues now? 700-odd-some? Oh, I mean, b- between the various titles, probably close to two or 3,000. And, and there's only Spider-Man so many... Books. Yeah, and there's only so many stories you can tell. I totally understand that, but I admire when things are self-contained stories a lot more, like Lock and Key. Told a story and is and is over. Well, almost Only there's one issue yeah. left as we record uh, this. You know, Saga is going to have an ending. It bothers me because the issues don't go fast enough and I want there to be more. <laughs> but, like, you know, they're telling a story. You know, same with even uh, Kick-Ass. Like, I like that it tells a story and not just these little mini villain filler arcs. Uh, and shows do it the same thing. Like, I love Bleach. It's one of the few animes that I'm, that I'm ever interested in. But, man, they have whole seasons of just filler and it's garbage and you skip them. You know, so it kind of I kind of really liked that this Thor series started off with a twelve issue, eleven twelve issue story arc, and that it was a fully in depth story to it. There was no side bit, there was no gimmicky villain. You know, that was the entire thing, and I really liked that. So yeah, I mean, although the last issue does bridge it off into the next arc, exactly. You know, and for me, I mean, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I love self contained books. I also like books like, you know, Spider-Man's an example you picked up. Yes, it does have, oh, here's two issues where he's fighting the, the goblin, the hobgoblin or whatever, and here's two issues with the rhino, and here's three issues with Alistair Smythe. I actually was thinking that one because that was a three-issue arc, and I couldn't remember. It literally was, yeah. yeah. But it's, I also like that, you know, Dan Slott in particular, not every writer does this, but he's been telling this ongoing story for over 100 issues now, 
I mean, I, I think there was at certain points there was other artists in there, other writers in there as well. But since issue six hundred, he's been setting up like the Doc Ock thing. Yeah, Spider Man twenty ninety nine is in there right now, and he's been setting up that story for nearly as long. You just didn't realize it, which was awesome. And yes, it's a story that never ends because of the nature of the medium or the genre, I should say, the superhero genre, not the medium of comic books, because the medium of comic books does allow endings. But the genre of superheroes doesn't yeah. really; they have yeah. to be ongoing and go forever. But he finds a way to tell a self-contained. Here's an Alistair Smythe story, but it's within the larger Doc Ock as Spider-Man story, which is in the larger Horizon Labs and modern Spider-Man story, which is in the larger Spider-Man story in general. There, yeah. There's layers, there's wheels to it. You can just read the two Joe Kelly Rhino issues from uh, about 50 issues ago. Uh, or well, 75 That's when Rhino wanted to, to go 617 and 625. That's when Rhino wanted to go, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or where he had gone legit. Yeah. Great stories. You can just read them. They're within a larger story. They're within the gauntlet. But you can just read those issues. You can just read the gauntlet, which is pretty much self-contained, but is within a larger story as well. And you're right. When you say that, I think of a TV show like Fringe, where you have that season story arc, but then you have the individual monster episodes in between it. I get that, but I prefer... Not the show itself, but the style of show. I guess I would almost say Breaking Bad, where it's less like little mini things. And more... Which, I, in, in television, I agree. I prefer when there's not the filler. Although an occasional one or episode that's just something different, yeah. totally fine. If it's breaking up, like, the flow for... Or, or, like, on purpose. It's breaking up the the feel for a reason. I'm totally cool with that. But I do prefer the more self-contained show as a story. But for whatever reason, with comics and superheroes in general... I'm totally cool with it being open-ended and going okay. on forever because it's it's the modern myth thing, which is a whole episode in itself. It's it's the these are our modern mythological heroes. You know, we, we just spend an, you know half yeah, time talking about Thor. Yeah. There's a ton of Thor stories. That does this one happen before that one or after that one or ongoing? I don't know. It's it's just the stories people told about Thor a thousand years ago, and now we have the stories of Spider-Man. Yeah. And there's thousands of comics and four movies. The fifth one's, you know, they're making now, and then the sixth one. And and there was ten different television shows of Spider-Man cartoons and live action over the years. And even more, if you were talking about Superman or something. But these become our modern myths. And so, while yes, some of those stories work very well as a self-contained thing, like this 12-issue story of Thor... Having the ongoing, just mythic, it keeps going and going and going and never ends aspect to it also works for me just fine. Does that mean that those stories are better or worse? No, I think you can do an ongoing that's really good, and I would use Dan Slott's Spider-Man as an example of that. Yeah. Whereas an ongoing from, I don't know, Joe Schmo, you know, uh, might not be as good, and it's just... Uh, now he's fighting this guy, uh, now he's fighting yeah. this guy. But y- we talked way back in the beginning of Jersey Shore, Invincible. Robert, and I was Invincible. actually thinking like one of my favorite comics goes against this entirely. But but like, it's an example of him doing it really well. And I mean that's the thing; he does it exceedingly well. Yeah. Where and if it wasn't for the fact that, as far as I know, he's not planning an ending, it feels like this is going somewhere. Or at least in the seventy-five issues. Except for right now. Now it's like a okay. Now where's this going? Like not in a this is boring, but it just seems like a lot of loose ends have tied up, and I'm like, no, I get what you mean. But for, yeah. like, for the first seventy-five issues that I have read, everything that happens in those seventy-five issues is spinning out of like the first arc. Oh, absolutely. It's all being set up there, so it just feels like okay, this is building and building and building and building and building from a thing, and not just okay. So now there's these guys who are doing. See, something. and and I wish I had honestly read it as it came out because I hate reading in one shot like that because I 
have this horrible thing where I can't pick up what's supposed to be the climax. Like, I just read it straight through. I get to the end of it, I'm like, oh, wait, that was supposed to be the big event. Oh, that was cool, but I didn't, like, it didn't build you're for me. Because the next thing. Exactly, yeah. So it didn't build for me like it was supposed to. Um, but yeah, he, he does do an excellent job of that. But I also think of it more like a, uh, like a plant that offshoots. So, you know, oh, you know, Invincible's dealing with this thing. This, you know, explosion caused that thing. And so this whole thing causes this story arc to come out of it. And so, you know, he does a very good job of like, almost like a spider web of doing an offshoot in this direction as I'm pointing in a direction that no one can see as I say this thing. <laughs> and then, you know, tying it into the string that goes that way and tying it into the string that goes that way. And this is the giant string that's pointing in that direction overall kind of thing. So, yeah. And how would you fit in, like, Hickman's Fantastic Four run or something like that? Would you consider that more of a self-contained story, aside from the first couple issues, which are wrapping up things that Miller had set up in his run, or would you consider it the ongoing thing, just done well? I would, I would say it's the ongoing thing done really well. Done vastly with... I would say that that is the emphasis. Like, so if you look at, like, Spider-Man, with what you're saying about how Dan Slott set up that thing for so long... Oh, yeah. Um, I would say that was on the back burner, and then the upfront was the two-issue Vulture arc, or whatever. Right. Um, it was I would, three. No, I, I actually... Yeah, yeah, it was probably both. There's um, yeah, probably multiple um, Vulture arcs. You know, I think Hickman's was kind of the reverse, where the kind of two-issue arc is a little bit more on the back burner... And just kind of, oh yeah, this thing's going on, but oh yeah, my dad's here, and the future version of my son and daughter are here, and this is what's really more important. It just so happens there's an explosion. Until the last, like, six issues or so, which was more just, here's some one-offs, just giving you character portraits, which were... Equally as good, but very different. Yeah, but that, I mean that's a kind of a resolution thing, and that's right. Yeah, exactly. it, was kind of, it was it was almost Lord of the, it was almost the the Lord of the Rings Return of the King endings, but yeah. not terrible. <laughs> I didn't mind it. Like it wasn't. I'm like it didn't drag. At least. Yeah, not draggy. Whereas, like I would say, and I think I would agree with you. It's more. It's still the ongoing, but more with the focus on the overarching. Whereas, and granted, we're still in the middle of it, so judging something like this from the middle is fruitless. It's yeah. mm-hmm. kind of uh, dumb and, and, and a waste of time. We're podcasting, so why not? Yeah. I would say his Avengers run feels much more like a self-contained... Oh, absolutely. ...beginning. You know, like, he's talked about... I mean, we don't know where in the world it's going, but yeah, it's but, self-contained. But, I mean, he's talked about this current Infinity storyline being the end of Act 1. Oh, okay. ...of his ongoing story. And maybe there will be things that come after Act 3... Maybe he comes up with little stories by then, four years from now, yeah. or whatever. But it all feels like you could just start reading here. And yes, it ties into some things that happened in Fantastic Four, and S.H.I.E.L.D., and Secret Warriors, and other runs he's done before. But you could pretty much jump in with Avengers and New Avengers, and start right there, and that's yeah. where this story begins. With characters you know, but it's kind of like the Thor thing, only to a massive scale. Yeah. I mean, Counting Infinity were about... About 40 issues in right now, maybe 35 to 40 issues yeah. in, and it's just like this giant, sprawling, massive, epic story involving Which, every corner yeah. of reality and the galaxy. And Which, can time. I actually borrow a couple of those? Like, I, I'm, I'm missing a couple that I haven't read. I think so, yeah. I'll have to see if I can yeah. find them for you. They might already be packed away, but okay. um, we'll see what we can yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I think that's that's what I got on that one. So. Cool, so check out Thor. Hopefully you enjoy Thor The Dark World. Um, I'm looking forward to it, even though it's for us, it's a month away. But for those of you listening to this, it's probably either already happened or just about to happen. 
Yeah, excitement, and I will have dressed up as Star Lord. So let's, uh, yeah, yeah, you're gonna dress up for for the the screening. So let's bring the hammer down and close out the episode. Uh, uh, this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at Jordan at LegionOfDudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at LegionOfDudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. The only other person in my entire life I've ever heard reference that at all is my dad. And that was really weird. <laughs>